0: This is 15 Minute History, a podcast for educators, students, and history buffs, featuring the minds and talents of the University of Texas at Austin. 15 Minute History is a partnership of Not Even Past and Hemispheres in the College of Liberal Arts at UT Austin.
1: So Chris, it's our 100th episode. It is our 100th episode. I'm surprised we're here.
0: I can't even believe it. You know what's really amazing? It's the same week as Grey's Anatomy's 300th episode.
1: Oh, my God, it must be serendipitous. It's a
0: coincidence of historic importance, right?
1: It it absolutely is, (laughs) although I think that show's misnamed. I keep referring to it as unprofessional... Hot doctors in heat. <laughs> so, uh, as our listeners can tell, we're going to be super duper professional in this one. Uh, we're going to recap some of our our favorite fifteen minute history moments, and maybe some of our most embarrassing moments in the studio. I, I, I don't know.
0: I do remember that the first episodes.
1: Oh my were gosh! Incredibly they're incredibly s- stiff. So awkward. <laughs> yes, and I feel bad for anybody who subscribes because those are. Those are the ones that download automatically. And, and I, I think to myself, how in the world did we wind up with, with 100,000 subscribers to this podcast, considering, <laughs> considering we had no idea ones. what we were doing?
0: Right. Well, you've gotten much better in terms of just being relaxed as an interviewer. and I, You know, showing yeah. up
1: completely unprepared helps a lot <laughs> with that. Yeah. I think
0: that's true. Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. Letting the interviewer really set the tone.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, in all honesty, I think that some of those are the, the ones that work the best. Because yeah, I agree. one of the things that, and I know we've talked about this a few times, but uh, those first few episodes, we were so trying to make a point that we tried a little too hard. And uh, yeah. when we learned to just sort of relax and let the conversation take its own flow, it, it, it worked a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think that's really
1: true. Um, and we've got some great storytellers in there uh, Jeremy Suri, Bill Brands, uh, you know, who, well, I mean, Bill is the epitome. He, you, you asked him one question and he, and talked, he talked for, for 20 minutes. minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think we have different stories about why we started this.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Do you remember what, what your story, at least your, your origin myth is at this moment?
1: I do, uh, because I'd been traveling all over the state of Texas because people were freaking out about the new standardized final exams for the high school. So for those of you who aren't from Texas... World history was introduced as a course in the late 1990s required for high school graduation, but it was never tested. And the state of Texas decided to replace the uh, standardized standardized tests with standardized final exams for all of the high school courses. And it was going to include world history and world geography. And people were freaking out. and, And I mean, there's no way to boot camp a world History class. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'd sort of had the idea of doing a podcast with little backgrounders on on various topics, but I had absolutely no idea how the act- one actually did a podcast. And I, I remember you had put out a call because you were looking to do more with uh, for a K-12 audience. And I, I had a lot of experience working with K-12 when right. I was still with the Center for Middle Eastern Studies. And um, as I recall, we had a, a, like a 90-minute meeting. And I don't remember what the first 75 evidence hailed because <laughs> we got onto the podcast, and, and I don't think any of the rest of it <laughs> right.
0: Well, I remember that you were really concerned about world history, and that came together with my concerns, which were instructions to teachers to do things like talk about Islamic terrorism, and nothing right. else about Islam. Right. And then especially the thing that really got me was that they were being encouraged to teach the good sides of slavery. Right. And right. at that point, I thought I wanted to do – I wanted to reach out and do something to give the history of slavery to make sure that teachers had resources so that they didn't have
1: to do that. And, yeah. and we came together. and We, we were just
0: talking about thing, different things to do. And I don't know who came up with the idea of doing a podcast.
1: But... I wanted to do a podcast. You had already done a few, but it was more like recorded lectures and not – yeah, it wasn't a right. series, right. and as I recall. Right. and. And so we put our heads together, and this is then and uh, came up with this, and thought fifteen minutes was a nice time frame. And then in October of twenty twelve, we put this out there on the internet to a vast resounding silence. <laughs> and right, some,
0: that's right. That's and, oh, right.
1: we got no feedback at all. I wasn't even sure anybody was listening to it. And then in, in like March, I looked on iTunes, U and I saw the logo, and I I was like, what are they? telling us we were pulled because we don't have enough subscribers or something. And, and we were we were on the top charts. And, right. and it went from there.
0: Well, it turned out that the university's Twitter PR person put out a, a tweet about us. And Apple picked it up. And right. they tweeted it. So then all of a sudden we went from like 30 downloads to 300 and then a week later to 3000 and all of a and then it was history and
1: then it was history after that, history after that. <laughs> 15 minutes worth of history i suppose <laughs> yeah um and and, and we've and
0: we've talked about doing april fools um, we've never
1: gotten that together we've had 5 years of a missed april fools <laughs> right? opportunities
0: would you remember any of the ideas that we had?:
1: Yes, I'm still convinced at some point. We're going to do an episode with, a, with, with an expert on on the fact that, that most of the major political and 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 religious assassinations in history are linked to the tomato. <laughs> um and sort of legitimate the uh the the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes films. Right. I, I, I I should probably just stop now while I'm ahead.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had some ideas for Cats from Outer Space.
1: Yes, Cats from Outer Space are cats reviewing a movie.
0: Yes, because we have
1: Many. Almost cat- half a
0: dozen cats between, between us, us, right? Yes. I won't we won't we
1: won't identify who has wit, how, how, how many, many but yeah. But um yeah.
0: But we thought we'd let them take the microphone.
1: The problem with them is they don't sit still long enough to to, it's true. to record anything. I think them. a good number of them are under the age of two. And they would just climb the the walls and hit in the studio or our fabric. And and, and,
0: and we'd really need video for we'd that. We'd need
1: video for that. You know, that just doesn't do in an audio setting. So what's your favorite episode? Goodness, my favorite episode. <sighs> do you have a favorite? It's a hard question to answer, isn't it?
0: it you know, I think, I think actually give, it, it's sort of connected with why we started this in the first place. I think... I think we've done a really good job on the history of Islam and religion generally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done a really good job on the history of uh, of slavery and African American history. So I think my, if, if, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I think one of the best episodes we did was the interview with Heather Williams. Oh, It ended yes. up being 50 minute history. <laughs> it was a, it's, it's a phenomenal it episode
1: there. I mean, I remember you sending it to me saying, I don't know how to cut it down. And I, I listened to it and, and said, I don't, I don't think we should. Mm-hmm. It was it was just such an it's it's such an incredible episode. Um
0: Yeah, she she it's it's about her book on um slave families and how awful it was. The emotional oh, yeah. toll of dividing families that yeah. slave owners seemed to do at a whim. It was incredibly informative and incredibly moving. How yes. She, she could convey what what the emotional toll of that really was.
1: There've been a couple of episodes I felt really sorry for um for for the studio guys, because uh, they I, needed I, editing. Yeah, well, you know, I I sometimes I've I've had a couple of of, of good friends in the in the studio. Like when when Bita sat to, and I sat down to do the uh, the episode on on slavery in Iran, I think we giggled the whole way through <laughs> it, and uh, I I don't know how they managed to edit that one together into into a usable. A piece of anything <laughs>
0: that's actually one of my favorite episodes too because i learned so much from yeah,
1: it. yeah that was that was a good was one
0: completely unfamiliar material for me and i bet for most of our yeah. you know american audience
1: have you had any interesting experiences in the studio
0: when i did when i did the one with judy coffin on um simon de Beauvoir oh, right. we're really good friends and i thought it would just kind of go really smoothly but i think i ended up saying things that embarrassed me. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, yeah, I've I've done that um a lot, actually. <laughs> there was an episode I did uh with a guest to campus and I, I, I won't I, I will protect we should this, go nameless. I, I will protect this person's privacy. Um and a uh, very, very big name in the field, and, you know, I managed to get on, on the schedule, and, you know, we were coming directly from a lunch with students, and, you know, I'm sort of hovering in the background, like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. <laughs> get the guest over here, you know, seated, mic'd up in the studio, et cetera, and I said, okay, do you have any questions? And uh, the guest looks at me and says, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> and i I had one of those moments of kind of hoping the floor would open up and, and swallow me, and um, this was
0: a prominent person
1: this is it. a prominent person and, and so you know I you sort were trying of, to impress uh, <laughs> mostly keep happy there there's a reputation, which is the other reason i didn't wanna I don't want to mm-hmm. name the the individual but uh I think I I it was one of those things where I, I was asking questions and and the interview just started to go sideways. You know, I had follow-up questions, but the answers weren't setting up the follow-up questions. Yeah. yeah. And, and and about 7 minutes in, I literally came to a, a halt. and the sweat is dripping because <laughs> I I had no idea what I was supposed to ask next. And then the guest just starts to monologue for about Ten minutes, you know, to fill up to fill up fifteen minutes, having a conversation with themselves, and uh, it turned out to be a terrific episode. And and people and, and actually the guest really got into it, but it was it was one of those <laughs> moments. I just remember sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm just embarrassing myself, you know.
0: Well, the first episodes were scripted, right? We wrote them out. Yes, and, we
1: did, and and, and
0: and and pretended to kind of interview each uh-huh. other. Um, we
1: literally sat here and said, okay, where should I insert a question and exactly. wrote them on the script with pen?
0: Exactly. So when we first abandoned that and started um, just kind of coming up with questions, yeah, I yeah. know there were many moments like that. And luckily, we have this amazing crew.
1: Yes, we do. We, do. we, we have a terrific crew.
0: We do. Jacob Weiss and Mike Heidenreich... Are amazing technicians.
1: They make us sound good, um, a little too good. <laughs> I have had problems recruiting, especially advanced doctoral candidates, to come into the studio because they tell me. I just can't talk that fluently on a subject for for 15 minutes, and I I keep swearing one of these days I'm going to get one of the rough cuts so they can hear what it actually sounds like before they clean us up. Um, But these are guys who who actually think it's fun to go through and take out the little giggles and the ums, and and they, they make us sound good.
0: Everyone who listens to this podcast probably listened to other podcasts that don't sound anywhere near this good.
1: Well, and you can tell it when we go out of the studio sometimes. I know you recorded some when you were on sabbatical in in mm-hmm. London uh, no. or in Cambridge or in cambridge and uh, for for the semester and
0: yeah, and we did those in, um on
1: you did one laptops. on laptops the... yes and yes. one of them
0: we thought both laptops were plugged in, but they weren't.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that part.
0: Yeah, that one wasn't so good.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually bought a, a microphone. The microphone has probably logged a, a about 50,000 frequent flyer miles <laughs> itself, and I have never actually managed to conduct an interview with it. I've taken it to Oman, I've taken it to Uzbekistan, and and somehow that moment to interview people has never actually presented itself.
0: <laughs> well, I want to ask those guys if they have any stories.
1: I don't... Um... So this is going to
2: not sound so great on the recording if I'm just talking through here. But I do have a question. Yes. Okay. So y'all are pretty smart about history, right?
1: Uh-huh. Like, uh, we I, don't know. I don't know that I, I, I don't like know, where know, this is going. Try. No, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> but
2: I, I'm genuinely curious. You know your fields very well. How do you pick guests that you know know about their fields, right? Like, how can you know someone that you're talking to is really you know, like, well-versed in their subject. Does that make sense as a question? Like, are you ever sitting there thinking to yourself, because I'm often back here thinking to myself, like, this seems too crazy to be true. Like, how do you (laughs) know something is true or that your guest is, um, like, are you ever sitting there thinking, I need to go fact-check this afterward or something (laughs) like that, you know?
0: Well, there's the famous episode where you were so surprised you were fact-checking things in the studio, right? (laughs) <laughs> that is true, Yeah,
2: we have to, and, but that's usually out of curiosity, you
1: know? <laughs> I have students who do that in my class.
0: Yeah, that's why we don't let them use laptops, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, supposedly, they don't listen to me. Um, anyway, that's another story. Right. Um, how do we
0: know? Well, I mean, sometimes we pick people who've either either teach courses on the subject or
2: have written books on the subject. Do you, like, read their books or their, their articles or things before you bring them in, or how much preparation do you even do before you bring someone in. Well, we,
0: we don't have the same team that someone like Terry Gross has.
2: Oh, we
1: definitely don't. In other don't. words, we would, have just
0: ourselves. We
1: do. Um, I, you know, I, I read Jeremy Suri's book before I, I interviewed him about the impossible presidency. And, w- and when I say I read it, I mean I did uh, an academic read. I, I went through it in about 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of the guests that I've, I've invited to campus are people who are pretty well known in their in their field and or when I say invited to campus, they've already been invited to campus as and we to, to do the a studio. lecture. And we invite them in the studio. You know, we've we've gotten Heather Williams and um, Stephen Hahn. Stephen Hahn, who were the Littlefield lecturers, right. which is the big one we do every year in the history department. Um, when I was still with CMES, uh, you know, I got to see who was coming. And and a lot of times it would just be if they were talking about something really academic, but it was in a way that would be approachable to the public. Mm-hmm. I, I would ask out of curiosity. That's how um, I, I we wound up with Ahmed El Jalad, who did the episode on. Uh, he he does uh, archaeology, but he's he's a linguist. He's looking for old Arabic inscriptions, and you know, and and he was a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and sometimes it works, and and, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I one of probably the least successful episodes I've done. Again, I won't I won't embarrass the guest because it's actually my fault. Um, is somebody who works on a topic I happen to know something about from my <laughs> days when I thought I was going to be a medievalist and wound up switching to being a modernist. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were having a great conversation in the studio, and it was like two people talking to each other, and I totally forgot to ask her to identify people, places, explain terms, and... and Everyone who's listened to it has told me they have no idea what we're talking oh. about. <laughs> I was you gonna. Say,
0: I thought you were gonna say it was the most popular. One. No, just no, just it's, it was a it's good one of those. What people are like,
1: I can tell you guys are really interested, <laughs> right. but I have no idea what you're saying. Um, you know, and, and 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 it was it was one of those kind of missed opportunities that you know I should have seen coming, but uh, oh, you well. know I'm only human.
0: You never know. So maybe something that some people really learn from and inspire and g- inspires them. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's really changed since the beginning is that we started off trying to really coordinate with the school... With the standards, With the right. standards, with the school standards, and do sort of really general introductory lecture or d- discussions. And we now we do a lot of much more specialized things, and they seem to be just as popular. They so.
1: are. I realized after a while that, you know, I can always go back and tell you what standards we're, ta- we're addressing, but... Uh, Trying to to fit the episode content in, it was making people uncomfortable because yeah. they didn't feel like they you know and and
0: it was making us sort of shape the discussion in a certain direction. Yeah, and that it wasn't was it,
1: it, it was well, and it also made for just more awkward episodes. I I, I think you know yeah. um I I think some of the single numbered episodes way back from the, in the beginning are, are sort of like that. I won't <laughs> identify it. We tried really hard, um, but you know we we course corrected. Um, they still
0: get listened to. They, they, really they, they do numbers, still get listened so. to.
1: In fact, one of them, um, the episode on the effects of the Atlantic slave trade on the Americas, is our most popular episode. The page on our website uh, for that episode gets six times more traffic than the uh, than the, the website's homepage.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, who was that?
1: That was Natalie Arsenault. She oh, was my... Right. my good friend and, and and counterpart at the uh, Teresa Lizana Long Institute for Latin American Studies for many many years she's uh, since gone on to the University of Chicago um but uh she it, it that was one of her areas that she was interested in she worked on in afro brazil and northeastern brazil and uh um and had done a lot of work on the haitian revolution uh and and things like that so we we kind of cobbled that into into an episode and it's been very popular slavery outside the Americas as a, as a comparative and it was it at we took the episode title directly out of the AP world history standards. Uh-huh. And so you can tell that there's school districts because I can look at where the links are, uh-huh. you know, there's school districts all so over schools the country. Are using it. They are using That's
0: it. That's really great. That's great. What else? What else?
1: <laughs> if you
2: don't mind, I do have a couple more questions. Oh, oh, please. Yes. <laughs> we ask us questions. I was
0: going to say
2: so, so rarely are you the ones being asked the questions usually asking the questions. So another thing that I, just out of curiosity, I like to listen to podcasts. I don't know if y'all do, but um, are there any sort of like other history podcasts that you listen to that y'all enjoy or not enjoy? What well, is it is
0: really striking that what we do is exactly the opposite of what we're doing today. Correct. A lot of podcasts start off, even if they get to something serious with um, a good 10 minutes of joking and laughing and stuff that has nothing to do with anything. Which my kids, in the, who are in their twenties, really like and are, are you know always recommending podcasts to me um, that I can't listen to.
1: Uh, so there's a new one that I, I just it's not new, but I just discovered. It's called On Top of the World, and it's actually more. Uh, it's for people who do world history, but it's it, mm-hmm. it, it um, it's it's more about um, how to teach world history and how to grapple with things. And it's it's there's a college two college professors now, one of whom is a former AP World History teacher. And, uh, you know, it, what's interesting is here I am getting ready to go on the academic job market and and listening to, you know, how do you put together a syllabus? How do you t- select a textbook? It, it was actually really good for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I found it really interesting. Um, so I gave them a little push on our Twitter feed. I don't I, I don't know if they got anything out of it, but, you know.
0: Well, my favorite um, podcast, actually, is uh, Sean's Russia blog. Sean Guillory is a, um, a Russian historian and... For a long time, he had a great blog about contemporary post-Soviet sort of r- Russian affairs. And I don't know how long ago, but he started a podcast. And he does two things. He either does series where he talks about today or he talks to people about books in Russian history. And they're really great. Um, and he does it – this is when I was thinking about how grateful I am to have the crew because he does it all by himself. Mm-hmm. He edits out all the ums by himself and um, puts and does pretty long interviews, 45-minute interviews. And I actually I mean, I really like that one, but one of the things I like about our podcast that I think other people appreciate is that it is around 15, fifteen, twenty minutes. And that's a good, you know, ride to the grocery store and back or
1: right. um yeah. a couple
0: miles on the jogging trail. And uh that really works for me. Yeah. The longer ones, I I you know, I just can't I can't listen to, so um, what else? What other questions do you have?
2: In okay. uh, this one, I might be opening a can of worms that goes on <laughs> Go for <ahead>. 30 minutes. <laughs> so again, you all are usually the interviewers, and um, you don't usually get to talk about your own fields very much. And now I know I might be generalizing some, but Chris, you do Middle Eastern history, right? Yes. And Joan, Russian history. Mm-hmm. Kind of popular right now in the news. <laughs> kind of a lot going on in those two fields. Is there anything... Either from, you know, when you first started doing this, like the past five years or so, that have really been developments in either your studies or research or anything in your field that you've been following that you haven't had a really like a chance to talk about at all?
0: Uh, That's a really good question. You know, we should do um episodes with each other.
1: We should, actually. We should talk about your
0: wonderful dissertation. We if could it, talk about my my work. <laughs> yes.
1: You, well, you have a new book out, and I was thinking it's about... It's not quite out it's yet. It's not quite but, out, but, you know, you were doing uh, your presentations about your work with the film archives, and it was really interesting, especially with the Mexico connection.
0: I mean, I, I have a book on Eisenstein, uh, Sergei Eisenstein's right. yes, Eisenstein, Eisenstein, The Terrible Eisenstein, uh, is um, the sort of most famous Soviet filmmaker from the first half of the 20th century, uh, and... I mean, I could talk about that for a long period of time. It's a fantastic film. It was commissioned by Stalin to be about the medieval, bloody medieval czar, sort of to justify his own reign of terror against Soviet people. Um, but it's a really fascinating film. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to talk about it for 30 minutes. On the other hand, it's the 100th anniversary of the 1917 revolution.
1: We beat that by five years. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, right, that's right. So, I mean, this year has just been a year of uh, centenary conferences and books and so many different things. And in fact, uh, we had Sheila Fitzpatrick in the studio last week to talk about the revolution and the and the studies have gone on this week. So that's something listeners might look forward to.
1: I'm looking forward to that. I haven't heard them yet either.
0: There's a lot of material on the web about the revolution. And I, and we also had a big conference here um, a couple of weeks ago on the impact and the legacy of the 1917 revolution on the rest of the world. So usually people focus on Russia and the Soviet Union, post-Soviet Russia, um, but the revolution had a huge impact on politics and possibilities for communism and the dangers of communism all around the world, and that was a really fascinating, fascinating conference. I'm not going to talk about contemporary Russia because that is a can of worms, and Mm -hmm. um, I think I'll just leave that to the specialists there's not really my th-
1: no uh, I like
0: the past <laughs> yeah
1: exactly you know so what
0: about you I mean Chris we, we just did an article you just wrote an article for not even passed on your mapping digital yes. mapping that was really interesting
1: yeah yeah and then that article managed to get me invited to Oxford so uh,
0: fantastic yeah. That's great.
1: so I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to that but yeah I've been I'm working on um, public health in Egypt around the first world war and, and how the war changed things and my my dissertation's turning into the, into this wonderful mishmash of of human suffering and you know I, I hate to make light of it but uh you know there's there's diseases and 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 there there's social diseases and epidemic diseases and 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 all of this is making people very unhappy during the first world war and at the end of the war in 1919 in Egypt there there's a revolution it's a very popular and it, by popular i mean you you have all classes of society you have the the people coming out of the fields and protesting and um the nationalists you know have long held this up as you know this is the moment when you know egyptians really took to the idea of the nation and and there's been for the last two or three decades you know scholars breaking this down and saying no wait a minute and so my, my contribution is, is basically looking at the, the crisis of public health during the war and how that contributed to social anxiety. So, mm-hmm. you know, on the one hand, you have diseases. On the other hand, you know, I, I have sex workers in, in, in urban areas because that was considered moral health, and it was regulated by the Department of Public Health. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes,
0: all around the world at the end of the 19th and early 20th century. You know, right. States get involved in prostitution. In, in
1: prostitution. And, and, and so, the, you know, it, it, there's, there's a lot of interesting and really desperate, people there. And and uh, we, we had a, a committee of people here a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to them about my research. And they asked me where the idea came from. And I, I explained to them that, you know, about two, three years ago, I was at the British Archives in, in London. And uh, literally, it fell into my lap because I was going through a file and this this envelope of of what is, for, be- for lack of a better term, pornography, fell into my lap. Wow. And uh, it turned out it, it was uh, collected by a missionary who was going around Cairo and buying all the pornography up um, and sending it to the British High Commission as as examples of the, the, the loose morals in the streets. And uh, so it definitely got my attention that I started reading the documentation uh. that came with it and went from there. But... Uh, um, you know, unexpl- so your right,
0: your topic actually came right out of the archive. It, it, you, you had gone sort of looking for something or gone with looking, a different topic.
1: Uh, yeah, but you know, I was I was definitely willing to be swayed. Mm-hmm. That's the most fun thing about yeah. what we do. That yeah. the, the
0: archives themselves are so always so interesting
1: and you know and, and it's it's a hard time to be working on Egypt right now um you know the, you were planning
0: to go to Egypt. I was planning to research, go to
1: right. Egypt and you know the the fellowship was was pulled on on uh, for reasons of security right um and this was after there was you know the the Italian graduate student at from Cambridge who was who was murdered in Cairo and mm-hmm. you know and 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 things are are not settled right now and i heard from friends that you know getting access was to archival collections was just very hard so, you know, um, I had to find a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great. Although, you know, in terms of current developments, you know, I, I was at a wedding over the weekend and people kept asking me what's going on in Lebanon. And I haven't had a chance to sit down and look at a news. Uh, for, for, okay, so to clarify, um, as we we're recording this, the the Lebanese prime minister is in Saudi Arabia. He resigned uh, over the weekend. He did a very tense interview where it looked like he was basically being coerced or pressured into saying things he didn't want to say. Um, the S- Saudi Arabia has apparently declared war on Lebanon and people kept saying what's going to happen. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look at a newspaper in a couple of weeks because I'm busy writing a conference paper and, and you know, I'm juggling two classes and, and trying to write a dissertation. You know how this is, Joan.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And so trying to keep up with Soviet, A, with contemporary um, Russian politics, be with the incredible amount of misinformation there is in the press, right. from every, across the political spectrum, Right, uh, it just, it gets, uh, it gets really hard to wear that many hats.
1: Yes. Also, let me let me enjoy my champagne in peace. <laughs> on right. behalf of yes. historians everywhere, <laughs> let us enjoy our champagne in peace.
0: So. Well, let's, let's end there with a, with a toast to each with other a toast. for yes, 100 that's... episodes and a lot more to come.
1: A lot more to come. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next year. We've got some really exciting stuff coming. We've got a couple of new co-hosts coming on board.
0: Right. We have a, a number of grad students who are really interested in doing public history, and um, we're really excited about having...
1: The next wave New of 15-Minute History. Yeah. So, excellent. Great. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate all your support over the years, and don't go anywhere. We'll be back. We'll be back. For a transcript of this episode, images, and links to more information, visit our website at 15minutehistory.org. That's the numerals 15minutehistory.org. You can access our full catalog of episodes free of charge at our website and through the iTunes U app for iOS or the Tunes Viewer app for Android. You can also access the 10 most recent episodes through the Apple Podcasts app, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, and Overcast. 15-Minute History is produced in partnership between Not Even Past and the Hemisphere's Outreach Consortium. Our executive editor is Joan Newberger, and our technical editor is Christopher Rose. Our audio engineers are the awesome folks in the liberal arts instructional technology services, Jacob Weiss, Morgan Honaker, Will Kurtzner, Samantha Skinner, and Michael Heidenreich. Special thanks also to Michael DeLeon, iTunes U site administrator with Project 2021 and educational innovation. The University of Texas at Austin is a free speech campus. Opinions and viewpoints expressed in episodes of 15-Minute History do not represent the official position of the University of Texas or of any of its colleges or departments. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.